Hello everyone and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Ron Crawford and I am the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. It's a wonderful privilege to be able to reach out to my congregation and to the Saints Network as you are joining together at this long table of fellowship from around the world. Greetings and welcome. We're so thankful to be able to be a part of such a, a powerful army of intercessors. And um, I particularly am grateful for the way that God has been allowing his work and his ministry to continue and to develop even during these days that have been perplexing in many, many ways. Uh, we've had uh, civil unrest. We've had cries for justice in the midst of lots of injustice. We've had a persistent um, plague, as it were, known as COVID-19. And we've had economic uh, challenges that have been a result of all these things and you know hindrance in travel cancellations of ministry engagements engagements and um for many uh, just travel that you had planned and meeting with friends and family that's been hindered and your your personal life has been put on hold in so many ways but yet through it all god has continued to be so faithful to us and God has provided and he will continue in both of those ways as only he can but there's something also that God has been doing and that has been he has been causing us to discover innovative and expansive new ways of ministering in the in the uh, the things that he has entrusted us to do for the world and he's also been speaking to us in so many precious ways in our times of intercession and just in times of meditation and contemplation before him. And we can't thank him enough for that. You know, every challenge creates an opportunity. Every hindrance belies a, a breakthrough to every wall there's a door and God is allowing us to find in these times that are unusual creative and uh, innovative ways that he has reserved for this particular hour so it's really you either become fearful or you pour yourself into the agape of God you either become bitter or you become better. You're either hindered or you become creative. You know, one of the two things happens. And so we've been, we've been busy abounding in the work of the Lord to the, to the extent that God has permitted us to do. I remember seeing in a movie one time a person tell the story of two little mice that fell into a bucket of cream and one mouse quickly 
gave up and drowned, and the other mouths continued to move and move about, and he soon churned that, churned that cream into butter, and he walked out. Now, that's kind of a unique story, but um, if any of you know the movie I saw it in, you get extra points. But really, we, we are a people who have adjusted and improvised by the directive of God, and we've seen God do some incredible things that are new and exciting, and for that, we are ever so grateful because this is the way God moves. Every miracle in the Scripture happened when it seemed like things were stopped, or certainly in some instances when it seemed like certain death was facing the, the people of God. Every miracle came because of a challenging moment. And as we've said so many times, you know what's coming. People want the miracle. They just don't want to be put in a position to need one. And these are miraculous days. And we need to be a people of prayer who continue to uh, apply the pneumaticos principles that God has shown us from his word. And we need to be a people who continue to pray and to believe God for a visitation upon our land. We need to be a people who pray for our leadership and to bless and not curse. And we need to be a people who are viewing things through God's eyes and not through the eyes in the natural, to walk by faith and not by human sight, because that is the pathway of the righteous, and that's our privilege, and it's our partnership with God. This, uh, this brings me to what God has put on my heart for our study today. Last Wednesday, I spoke to you about the iniquity that was found in Satan, that feeling of injustice, that feeling of having been done wrong. And that became the basis for Satan's fall. And that then became his calling card for just about everything he tries to do. He tries to convince people that somehow they have been overlooked or done wrong or mistreated. And then he tries to get them to, instead of seeking God and believing for a victory, he tries to get them to act out or to respond in a way that is negative, and the end result is worse than what the rejection ever could have been. And we have examples in Scripture of people that the enemy tried that same tactic on who did not bite but instead served God. Joseph is a primary example to where he said at the very end, you may have intended that for evil, but God turned it for the good. David, another example, where he only served. He served Saul and he served the kingdom in serving God. But yet, he was chased by that leader and was, was on the hit list for assassination for many, many years. But God did not cause him to touch the anointing or to touch the anointed. And eventually, David, through that humility and meekness, overcame 
the injustice and saw promotion. That's the divine pathway. And um, that's what we need to recognize in our world today. The enemy is trying to play on an international scale. Yeah, there's the pandemic, but there's, there's all kinds of other unrest wherein the enemy is saying, you've been done wrong 200 years ago, 300 years ago. You know, my mother, if she had been alive still, would have turned 101 today. And um, for those of you who are actually 200 years old or 300 years old, where these injustices were actually done to you, well, then maybe you have a bit of, of um, condolence that we should extend to you. But for the most part, it's just plainly the spirit of injustice. And, and the enemy is trying to foment all kinds of negative things. Where strife is, there's every evil work. And we as Christians need to recognize that our remedy to that is by overcoming evil with good. And last week, the Lord put on our heart to offer a silence fast before the Lord for 30 minutes each day through this month. And we studied about the various times in Scripture where silence was used as a dynamic principle, a sacrifice before God, and it how that it often was the, the, the threshold upon which God ushered in a mighty move or a mighty demonstration of his power and provision. That's throughout the scripture. And we talked about a number of those verses last week. And we reminded you of Israel as they marched around Jericho in silence for days before God came in his timing and brought the walls down and brought major victory. We talked about Elijah hearing the still small voice. He didn't respond in the way he should have, but it was still God's principle in, in, um, in, in advance of the great changes that he wanted to affect through the prophetic in the land and in the nation surrounding Israel. We talked about many of those. But today, we want to look at a couple of other scriptures and the title of this message is The Prudent. And if you have your teaching sheet, which is readily available on uh, our, our uh, website, um, Amos 5, verses 12 through 15, says this, I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just. They take a bribe, and they turn away the poor in the gate. Now, those three words from their right highlighted is not actually in the original text. What, what comes is the word prudent, and that's the word that they're trying to uh, translate there. I don't know why they did it this way. I'm not adding to or taking away from Scripture. I'm just saying that the next word in the Hebrew is the, is the word for prudent. And that means, prudent means to be um, wise, yes, but to be really um, skilled and experienced 
in knowing how to bide your time and knowing how to not react, but to be proactive, knowing how not to respond in, in haste, but to be quick to hear and slow to speak, to analyze a situation, and when all around others are losing their heads, you keep yours. That's prudence. And it says the prudent will keep silence in that time because it is an evil time. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as you have spoken. Hate the evil, love the good. Establish judgment in the gate. And it may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. This is a powerful passage of Scripture. And I believe that it really doesn't need my enunciation to show you that there are lots of things that are happening in the world today that are really corrupt and um, I won't elaborate on that. But the prudent must keep silence in that evil time while we seek the good and not evil so that we would live and so that the Lord, the God of hosts, would move through us. So we hate the evil that's going on and we love the Tob so that Mishpat would be established in the gates. That's what's coming. The judgment of God, what He has ordained, is going to be established in the gates of our cities, of our nations, as we welcome the visitation of His Spirit to come, as we welcome the great move that He has ordained for the times that are immediately ahead. Silence is that threshold that welcomes this. And the prudent, the prudent, not the immature, not the reactive, not the skittish, not the fearful, not the vindictive, not the angry, not those that just want to act out, who've taken up an offense or somebody else's offense. The prudent keep their silence. You know, there's been a move recently in our cancel culture that says that if churches aren't on the bandwagon beating the tambourine to embrace the latest things of injustice, that somehow we're missing God and we're failing Him. I'm not going to be coerced or or prodded into something that's reactionary that is not a pneumatocost principle. There's a time to seek. There's a time to find. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. Just because everybody else and their brother is on the bandwagon doesn't mean that the pneumatocost people need to be influenced in that way. The prudent 
keep their silence in this time. Yes, there's a time to speak, but this ain't it. This ain't it. We are silent before our God because he rec we recognize with him that something magnificent is coming. For the enemy to be releasing a pandemic that's touching the world and for the enemy to be causing riots in our streets right now and for the enemy is to causing them to be happening in nations that are around the world, you would have to imagine that that is not godly. The virus is not godly. Riots and violence are not godly. God has his ways. And this is just an indication of the enemy saying, I'm going to come in one way, and if I can block the move of God, I will. But thanks be to God, when the enemy comes in one way, he must flee in seven. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is raising up his banner. How does a flood come? Now sometimes, like in some of the canyons in the west, it comes in a torrent. Sometimes a flood will come because it breaks through a dam or maybe a river overflows. But I came from a city that was known for its three rivers in Pittsburgh. There were so many streams and artesian wells in the place where I grew up. I was used to it. And I know what happens in a normal flood. The flood kind of creeps up on you. A flood just kind of happens usually. And before you know it, you're knee deep in water. It doesn't come like a big torrent from the sky. It comes. Sometimes the rain actually happened far away from you and it filled a river and suddenly it's coming and you don't even know how it came. That's how God comes with his banner when the enemy comes in. That's what we're waiting on right now. You give the enemy enough rope, he'll hang himself. This is an attack of the enemy to try to stop the move of the Spirit which is, which is coming. And we need to be prudent in understanding the ways of God and not react, not overreact, not engage in mindless drivel with those who should know better, not give tit for tat for people who are just looking for either followers or a fight, but to be silent before the Lord because God is in his holy temple. The prudent realize this. And this fast of silence is something that is done throughout the scripture. It's a principle. Be still and know that I am God. Let the whole earth be silent. The Lord is in his holy temple. There are a lot of verses. And um, I, I, uh, we're going to talk about this next that speak about a different way God will move in behalf of silence. But God is asking for this silence. Revelation 8 speaks about the unprecedented. Well, I don't want to say that because we don't know how often this happens in heaven. We just have record of once. There's 30 minutes of silence in heaven as the 
as the little book was finally being opened that was given to Jesus upon his triumphant ascent into heaven. And it set the stage for a great move of the Spirit upon the earth and for the seven trumpets to sound. We are believing God for whatever it is that the enemy's trying to stop right now, that the enemy is not going to succeed and God is going to move. How do we participate with God in this moment? Being prudent and being silent before him and being still to know that he is God. You know, there was one time Jesus was in the boat. He was about to confront a legion of demons on the shore of Gadara. And a storm came up that even caused the the veteran fishermen to be scared for their lives. And they came to Jesus and shook him awake. He was in the middle of the boat asleep. And they said, Lord, Lord, don't you care that we perished? You should get up. I feel like there are a lot of, well, I won't say what they are, people who are running to churches saying, you better wake up. Don't you know this nation's perishing? There's injustice. There's all this stuff. And Jesus is saying, don't you know that I am child of God, the son of God, and that nothing is going to happen outside of his control. And he said what? Peace. Be silent. Now, what was that for? It was for the storm, yes, but it was for that army of demons, a legion, the Bible declares it as, that was positioned there, unclean spirits, which the Bible calls them, positioned there. And there was a man that was about to be delivered and a region that was going to be touched by the power of God through that miraculous work. Be still. Peace. Lord, wake up. Don't you know we're perishing? Which camp are you in? Are you in the midst of the boat with Jesus in prudence? Are you running around like chickens with their head cut off, screaming and asking for this and asking for that? You know, I don't know who you'd rather follow into battle. A general that keeps his head or her head or somebody that's running all up and down the line, screaming and hollering, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. We got to do something. We got to do something. Which would you rather be, Andy Griffith or Barney Fife? Why, Angie got to do something. And if you're not, you're not really the high sheriff of Mayberry. God has asked us to offer silence before him in alignment with his word and in obedience to the prophetic directive. When there is wickedness around, you hate the evil and you love the good and the prudent keep silent before him, knowing that we're going to be given the opportunity to pronounce his goodness in the gates. Now, what about this other thing that I promised we were going to look at? Well, there it is on your sheet. Let's see. The holy habitation. Holy habitation, Batman. Zechariah 2.13. Be silent, O all flesh, before Yahweh, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. What in the world does this mean? Well, the be silent, O all flesh, we've talked about. 
We're prudent. Raising up is our old friend Ur. And that means that there is an awakening of spiritual communication, an awakening of something dynamic uh, where the spirit realm is going to manifest itself in some way, and it's coming out of his holy habitation. This is kind of interesting because holy is Kadesh, but manifestation, uh, habitation is a word that means a place of dwelling, but mostly it's used as a tranquil, pastoral setting, a place for sheep, a place that's garden-like. Um, look at Exodus 15, 13. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength unto thy holy habitation. Deuteronomy 26.15, look down, look down, look down, from thy holy habitation, from heaven. Where is it? In heaven. And bless thy people, Israel, and the land which you've given us, as you swear unto, your, unto our fathers, a land that flows with milk and honey. What about Jeremiah 25.30? Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words, and say unto them, the Lord shall roar from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. Now, I just want to touch on this last verse here for a second. I've never tread grapes, much as Pastor Robert and I tried to get the Amish to teach us how to do that when we were in Reading Station in Philadelphia. Um, the <laughs> the treading of the grapes, what does that mean? There was a time when, when they put the grapes into the vats and they were about to begin to press forth the new wine. Before they did that, they would give a shout before the Lord because it was time for a great thanks to Him, but a time for the, the processing of the wine. This speaks of something that has been prepared for harvest but it's not yet begin to manifest the new wine that's exciting what about this holy habitation well i'm not an expert i'm not a travel guide but i know good and well from my study of the scripture and from things the lord has allowed me to experience that there's only really one place where this is and that is in paradise the place that god has prepared for uh, what he wants to do on the earth and it's where the tree of life is on both sides of the river. And it's where the leaves of the trees for the healing and the remedy of the nations are. And for the fruit that bears 12 different varieties, which is the sustenance of the saints. All of that is there. This is the holy sheepfold. This is the holy garden, the pasture. And... You know, Psalm 23 speaks about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. You know, he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And the one thing that we recognize there, which, which is probably concurrent with this, and I want you to see this, and just we're just considering things here. We're just 
we're just thinking things. But God says at the very beginning of this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. There's a stillness there before the leading and before the restoring and before the paths of righteousness and the valley of the shadow of death. The holy habitation of God is appealed to with silence and waiting on God for him in his timing to roar out of that place, for him to signal it's time for the visitation, for him to come in power, for him to bring the fulfillment of his promise for the land. God awakens, and with that, there is that ur is that openness into perceiving in the spirit what God is doing. That's coming right now, and God's beginning to show it to us. But we must be prudent and silent, all flesh, before Yahweh as he is being ur out of his holy habitation. So he's going to bring strength there as he leads us in mercy. He's going to bring a visitation of the land of promise that he has promised. How much has he told us about what he's going to do? It seems like the enemy has done everything he can to block and to hinder. But we're prudent. We're not reactive. We're obedient. Obedience is better than any measure of sacrifice you may be feeling to lay before any cause right now. We're silent before God. But before God, it's an offering to Him. We're going to establish His judgments, His mishpats, in the gates of nations and in cities. And we're going to see the great harvest. A shout is going to come up from the Lord. And it's going to be in His timing. And there's going to be an incredible move of His Spirit. We saw last week that that silence in heaven preceded incense being thrown into the earth by the mighty angels and voices, thunders, lightnings, and earthquakes. The saints around the world are going to begin to show forth his dynamism, and many are going to say, let us follow, let us come with you, let us apply the things that God has shown you in the Word, because it is Him. It's not man's desire, it's not man's dictate, it's Him. And where darkness is, light is coming. Where sin has abounded, grace is much more going to abound. This is our promise from God. It is His principle, and it is what He has prophetically dictated for us to do in this season and in this time. I was drawn so much to this business of being prudent and to the holy habitation of God. Silence precedes all of this. It's an offering before Him. And I wonder today if some of you, maybe you're in the valley of decision right now. You're a good person. You love the Lord. But you felt like Elijah. You know, the, the reigning Jezebels of this land are sending out evil raw 
and it's creating turmoil in the atmosphere and the spirit. You may have felt like Elijah. Has anything that I've done really had any good effect? I've served the Lord, but I don't think I've accomplished anything more than my forefathers did. You've read the words. You see what Elijah said. And God, in his patience and his love, kept imploring him, What are you doing here? Why are you really here? What have I called you here for? It wasn't like we would say, What are you doing? Even though somebody should have got him by the scruff of the mantle and said, Hey, buddy, I don't care if you just slayed the 850 up on the top of the other mountain and the rains came. What are you doing? God wasn't saying, What doest thou, Elijah? He knew what Elijah was doing. He was just trying to get Elijah to recognize what Elijah was doing. And his words were not necessarily, What are you doing? It's what should you be doing? Why have I brought you here? Why are you here at this place? It's certainly not to lament your plight. It's certainly not for you to give place to the morbidity of mission to where you say, okay, I'm done. I don't think I can really accomplish anything. Elijah put that mantle around his head to shut out all the voices. If he could have squeezed real tight, maybe to shut out some of those voices within his, in his head. And he was surrounded by what represented his calling. That calling that was only about to begin with all of the things that Elijah had already done, the greatest things that God wanted to do through him were yet to come. He was supposed to work with Elisha. It was never God's best plan for a chariot of fire to come down and carry Elijah away. That meant Elisha was going to have to do double duty, a double portion of your spirit. And that, I don't want somebody else to have to carry my mantle. I want to serve God. And in order for me to really do that in the midst of challenging moments is to be prudent and to let that mantle wrap around my head to where that's the only thing I perceive as I'm silent before the God of all the universe. Prudent. The prudent shall see, keep silence because out of his holy habitation God is preparing to shout. Out of his holy habitation he is going to awaken as it were. And our promise is going to be known. Evil is going to be put to flight. Righteousness and justice are going to be established in the gates. There is going to be a treading of the harvest, and we're going to see the new wine. That's what seems so weird about this time, because, you know, we, we're seeing harvest. We're seeing nations awaken. We, it would seem like the fruit was there, and our willingness to go and our plans to go to bring about the creation of the new wine was stopped. And you think, Lord, don't let us miss this harvest. Don't let this harvest fall to the ground and rot. Don't let, don't let the devourer take it. 
But you know what? God is awaking Ur. He is coming into vibrancy for us. He's always vibrant, but he's making himself known so that we see his vibrancy. And there's going to be as a shout before the grapes are trod. And we're going to see the harvest plus a new harvest plus the plowman is going to overtake our reaping as those incense is cast upon the earth and people recognize this is what I must do. I'm excited about that, but what should we do right now? The Lord is in his holy habitation. Let all flesh be silent. Let the prudent be silent. God has asked for this in the sure and certain hope and knowledge that he has this all in control. This is an offering before him, and it is a time also where we are showing our patience, which is the first sign of the apostolic in the Scripture, and we're obeying. You know, one of the things that cost Saul his throne was when he was commanded by the prophet to wait seven days. And Saul waited until he couldn't stand it any longer. And then he acted at the time when the new was just about to manifest itself. And when the prophet came just an hour or so later, still on that day, Obedience is better than sacrifice. Because you didn't wait on the Lord, you're missing the opportunity that God gave you for the kingdom to be shown forth and for you to be used in power. I don't want to miss that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to miss it. At a time when Moses should have been silent, when he was about to have the privilege of fulfilling what he had given his life for before God to lead the people into the promised land at the time when he should have been silent. Instead of prophesying to the rock, he smote the rock and he reacted to the people. What's God saying to us? Be silent before me. What I've prophesied is going to be hearken to that believe that and don't react don't overreact don't respond to the wickedness that's all around you stand still and see the triumph of our God now how will I know when when it's going to be time to move <laughs> well, I think God is going to make himself known. And the one thing you don't want to be doing while you're offering silence is through that whole time of silence say, well, when am I going to be able to shout? Don't be thinking about shouting while you're being silent. That kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Kind of defeats the purpose. If you're fasting... Don't spend that whole time making your grocery list. Kind of defeats the purpose. There'll be plenty of time to 
have Grubhub deliver for you after the fast is over. So I think it's going to be very obvious. God has promised that he's going to come. He's going to stir himself. He's going to shout from his holy habitation. He's going to bring forth the time when we go to establish obediently his mishpat. And it's going to be obvious. This isn't one of those times where God is going to say, all right, now it's up to you. God says he's going to shout. God says he's going to roar. So we're going to believe for that. God is going to cause the angels to cast the incense. The trumpets are going to sound. We don't have to pucker up our lips and get ready to blow. Do you see this? What are we to do right now? Be prudent. That means rely on the pneumatikos things God has taught you. Wrap that mantle tightly around your head. Wrap it tight enough so that you can't hear what CNN's telling you to do. Or what Aunt Myrtle down in the next town is trying to call you to fill you with fear. Or what a rabble riser is saying, if you were really a Christian, you'd be doing this. If you're not doing this, you're not a Christian, you're really this. You know, there were all kinds of people shouting all kinds of things to the prophets in the Bible. And, you know, God said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Hearken to me. Don't salute anybody, by the way. You do what I'm saying to do. And what he's saying to do now is to be silent before him. And for us, in the midst of that silence offering, we're seeing great strides forward. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing provision. We're seeing the protection of the Lord. God is communing with his people. God is, go well, what about our country? Whoa, what about the poor? What about this group and that group? Oh, they're just so persecuted. Oh, I hope they have enough gasoline to drive their Mercedes back home today. It's just so terrible what's happened to them. God's going to visit them. God's going to visit them. But we need to be his people who are obeying him and who are welcoming what he's going to do. I want that more than anything that I could possibly do. We need to be keep on praying for our leadership. And we need to be praying in the spirit, which prays exactly what needs to be done. We want the will and the plan of God. We don't, we don't want the enemy to shortchange the times. We, we, we're praying in the Spirit, and we're being silent. God's not going to let this harvest go to seed. He's going he's to do what he said he's going to do. And not only that, it's going to be beyond, exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that we've ever asked or thought. But what do we do now? We're prudent. We offer this silence. And we wait on the Lord. Oh, that's they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Teach us, Lord, to wait, to, to be totally entwined with you. Waiting is a difficult thing. Standing 
when you've done all to stand, run around and raise hell. No, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. Hell doesn't need any help from you to raise itself. Just look at the cities. It's trying to do a good job of rate, doesn't need you. And you're not going to be able to put out the fire of hell with your bucket. Only the latter rain will do that. So let's, let's believe God and the former rain too, which is coming. So I pray that you're being faithful in your silence before God. And keep on with it. Don't be discouraged. You know, it's, it's a process. It's, it's challenging. It, it's difficult to, to shut your mind up, to bring every thought into captivity, to present it before the Lord. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, well, I made it, didn't say exactly this way, I'm paraphrasing, I made it through two minutes. Well, that's great. That's two minutes longer than you did last week. Just keep pressing and let God speak from the deep into the deeper places of your spirit. Let him develop you. Let him train the sensitivity of your ears. Shut everything out and listen. You may hear some new things from God that you've never, you've never recognized before. And the beauty of the Lord is once, it's not so much, sometimes he activates things in us. That's true. But the best way, I don't want to say that, a wonderful way is to watch how it should work. And once you see that, you know it. You're silent before the Lord, and you're able to hear that still, small voice that you've never heard before. That does something in you. And not only does it accomplish something in the effect of the words, but the fact that you've heard it, now you know it's there. And you know that vehicle from which the voice came. And if you're wise and prudent, you nurture that. And you say, it's kind of like when you were trying to ride a bike. When you finally stop falling and you recognize, oh, this is the balance. Now you've learned. It's the same way with some of the ways God speaks in the stillness. We're so loud, we don't know what it is. But when we are still before God and we hear him, then we recognize that. And if we're prudent, it's another vehicle, another avenue of how to hear from him. There's a lot of things God's doing through this, but the most important is we're being obedient. So, the prudent. Let's read that signature verse again from Amos. How long has it been since you read the book of Amos? Amos. There are manifold transgressions and, and mighty sins. The just are afflicted. There are bribes. And the poor are being misused. The prudent will keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. You keep seeking the tobe. Don't go after Ra, and you'll live. The Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you. As you have spoken, you've prophesied this. Detest the evil and love the tobe. You will establish judgment in the gates. That's good. So be prudent, will you? Be prudent. And don't, um, 
Don't give place to what the enemy's trying to provoke you to do. Offer that silence before God. God is in his holy habitation. And he's seeing this. It's what he's asked for. It's a principle of his word. Well, I've never heard it before. Well, maybe you've never been in a position where you're willing to be silent. For some people, it'd take an act of Congress and a lightning bolt from heaven to make you keep silent. It's, it's, it's a token before God. It's an offering. It's a sacrifice. It may seem simple, but it costs you something. And God's asked for it. He needs that to showcase when he roars. That silence is like a priming of the prophetic pump for the roar of the Lord that's coming. So offer it. And let God do it as he has ordained to move. Father, I thank you for speaking to us in these ways. It seems simple, but yet, Lord, you're in it. And I, I pray that you'll meet with your people as we offer this silence fast every day before you. And may this offering be pleasing in your sight. And may it welcome the mighty arm of our Heavenly Father to do what you've ordained to do. And we thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. And we also thank you that you're protecting every one of your saints. I thank you that the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior, is upon every saint. And you're preserving us, you're activating us, you're protecting us, you're shielding us from this pestilence, and you're positioning us for the fruitfulness of the firstborn. Thank you for this, Father. And we do this gratefully before you, for your kingdom and your glory. Amen. Well, thanks, everybody. And I don't know if you've done your... 30 minutes of silence yet, but I'm giving you an extra 10 right here to get started. So until tomorrow, keep watching Facebook for the continued ministry that's going forth for you every day. And until this weekend, when uh, live stream services are coming from our Saints Network website, may God bless you and goodbye.